All right, welcome to the Good Rookies Podcast. My name is Fahim. And my name is Nelly J, y'all. And we are Good Rookies. What's going on, everybody? Happy Good Tuesday to you all. And guess what? It's episode 47. 47. 47, y'all. Listen, I love the number seven. I say it every time. So, y'all, this episode is going to be very special. Mm-hmm. I have my African brother in the building. Fahim, please introduce who we got. All right. So, once we get to the For the Culture segment, we'll be able to really double down and really get into uh, what he brings to the table. But what we got to do is send a special intro for IBP Media Group. Let's welcome Emmanuel Kulu to the podcast today. Emmanuel. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Yo, man, listen, Emmanuel, like I met you and I'm like, yo, this guy is dope. So we're just so excited uh, to have you on the podcast. You've been on Fox, you're doing all the big things. So we're just humbled that you thought of us, that that, you know you're here. (laughs) Yeah, 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 you know. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, you know, link back with my folks from Clubhouse and doing people doing big things on the underground. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So as Fahim said, we're going to be able to highlight all the amazing things that you're doing for the culture, which is so important for our community. But before that, we'll talk about a few hot topics. But for my intro question for you, before we get into it, is the whole Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor all that debacle that I think happened a while ago, but only came to fruition as of late. So Emmanuel, your thoughts on what has happened. Rachel getting removed from the finals now. She's not working anymore. It's given to someone else. And now Maria Taylor, I think she's leaving. She's not like, so what do you think is going on there at ESPN? Yeah, you know, this this situation right here, um, you know, Rachel Nichols was one of my favorite uh, NBA finals you know, hosts, and um, I liked it for a long time. But when I hear this type of stuff right here, things that were said, and this was to a LeBron associate. Let's not get this twisted. This was to a LeBron James associate who stands up for his community, always outspoken about racial issues, racial injustice, and this was said to one of his associates. Mm-hmm. Surprised that it, it stayed under wraps this long, but the bottom line is she had the gall to say what she said. Now, here's the thing that really shocked me. It shocked me that she said it was a diversity hire due to the horrible record that ESPN had with hiring black people, basically, mm-hmm. which is absolutely true. It is absolutely true. There have been a number of analysts that have come out speaking about the racial injustices that black women have went through, that uh, many black men, even getting spots as an analyst. And now she's mentioning, basically, she got this job just because she was black and because diversity is a hot topic, George Floyd and all these things going on. This is why she got the NBA finals. So she, she, mm-mm-mm. this is a male dominated, a black male dominated sport. Am I right or am I wrong? Right. Right. And you're going to say what you said about a black woman. You're right. 
so to a to black me, man probably to a black man let's be real here too so yes let's just talk about that mm -hmm. exactly exactly as if the black man doesn't stand by the black woman um so it's it at this point i i i heard the apology not feeling it at all mm. not feeling it at all not so, feeling it some consequences need to come so i didn't hear the apology i heard about it but i i haven't heard it like i just read about it but i did hear the clip that she mentioned right so i just want to ask this though in the clip it seemed like what I took from it was there was shade toward ESPN. And she definitely did mention about uh, Maria's uh, past in regards to she does football, she does mm -hmm. basketball. So she did like, okay, I guess the way I'm positioning it is this. If anything, I think this should be geared toward ESPN's failures because that's why I thought she spoke to more than i didn't really see it as a diss to maria so maybe you guys can explain where where the disconnect is where what i'm missing with this where so, was the diss to maria about this go ahead so like i'll go first and Emmanuel uh -huh. can just finish it off and land the okay. plane for me so essentially this is what the issue is right um rachel got her job because of diversity she's a woman okay 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 Continue. okay so when you're on a platform because of diversity they wanted to have a woman and she got that job for that mm -hmm. so when there's someone else now getting the same opportunity that you have why are you hating mm -hmm. I, I don't think that she was coming off for him as maria taylor for, for example right if i was rachel and i'm not her but if i was that situation i'd be like you know what i'm upset because i didn't get the position because i wanted it but she deserves it you go girl end nope. of discussion but she didn't do that she was like she she made it seem and again right as a black woman we deal with microaggressions from white women all the time so for him exactly. you won't see this but i'm telling you in any corporate setting white women will always or white they'll think that you got a job because you're black that's it like oh well they have to fill in the black column and that's why she's hired for this sales job and it's like no 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 i'm actually quite qualified and you're trying to reduce my qualifications into one word diversity right and to me that's a that's actually a pause that, that that's me a very microaggression you even though you may think that right you may believe that doesn't mean that that that's that's why she got hired so for me if rachel was for maria and would love her off she'd be like you know what i'm upset me as a person i'm upset because i didn't get the position of vice versa but okay. maria deserves it so that's where i think that's i need it. clarification because she had the position already she was losing her current position yes. to yes. maria which changes exactly. the context of it yes. so i mean i think it's kind of unfair to to rachel nichols to think someone's gonna someone's gonna come and take your position and you're supposed to be happy about it I don't think that's. We're not good. saying that for him. We're not ahead, saying ahead. that, but we're, okay. remember, it's not what you say; it's how you say you it. Say it, yeah. Wait, Emmanuel. Yeah, you know, my my thing was, you know, she didn't have to throw basically the race thing in there. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, she she was kind of showing her privilege when she said, "Don't take my thing away." Mm -hmm. Okay, you were chosen to do that position, just like Maria was chosen to, to do the position later on, as just Sister Janelle just mentioned. You know, she even got in for diversity, for women's diversity. Right. And now it's time for you to pass the torch. Maybe not forever, but just for now, whatever the case may have been. But you had to throw it up. If you are a woman, if you face these things, why would you want to put that same stuff that you faced mm -hmm. on another woman? 
because she's black and say it's your thing and claim it as yours and only yours, that's where the privilege comes into play to me. Yeah, good point. Also to, to add to that, what you mentioned before, um, Rachel has been doing this to black women at ESPN because Maria didn't like her before this incident even happened. Maria and her have had issues prior to this incident, Raheem. So yeah. that's why her statement was taken the way it was because it wasn't her first comment or ditch or dash towards Maria. It yeah. happened prior to this incident. And okay. that's why Maria got upset. Hence why I'm saying this context, right? I believe it for him. If it was the first time and she didn't know, cool. But guess what? She got, she got so embarrassed by what happened that she got the other black person that found the tape and the recording got her suspended because she was mm -hmm. caught. Right now, if I'm Rachel, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to own up to my, you know what? My bad. I was wrong for what I did. But she, she went to HR and got the, got the other woman, black woman suspended because the black woman exposed her. So again, to me, these are all just things of characters that I can't look past, right? The only one statement by itself is not enough. The entire picture for him paints to me that Rachel has privilege and she got comfortable in her privilege at, to the fact that she thought she could vent to a black man about a black woman getting hired for diversity. Like, that's just funny to me, period. And, and that, that goes to being in the spaces with black men. And now the, these reporters are all, these, these white women are all over the locker rooms, whether it's basketball, football, whatever it is, they're all over the locker rooms. And they feel that they're so relevant to the point where they can say anything, even about a black woman, and it's not going to come back on them. And this time it just didn't happen that way. And I think some more consequences need to come for her. Um, just removing her from the NBA finals, I don't believe was enough, um, particularly for this particular statement. So, Okay, so do, uh, on the way out of this, do you think anything more is going to lead to this? Like other than a fire, like do you think she's going to, it's going to be blackballed in the industry? Do you think she can get up another position in the industry doing the same thing? I'm sure she will. I'm yeah. sure she will. Yeah. How about yeah. you, Manager? And Honestly, I don't think she's blackballed. I just think that she needs to... Um, recognize that you know her statement was wrong mm. and, she, and she used to learn from it she used to learn from it I don't believe in canceling people I'm not about a cancel culture I think we all make mistakes she made a mistake and I hope hopefully she can grow from that mistake that's all right yeah right well, we'll definitely keep an eye on this uh, how about Shikari Richardson mm. her Olympic disqualification uh, for anyone who hasn't found out uh, you know, she was uh, suspended for marijuana. She was definitely a bright spot coming in. I'm going to go to you first, Emmanuel. What's your thoughts on this? And I'm really torn about this issue. You know, um, I talked about this on, on my podcast as well, just how hurt I was that she's not going to be performing at all. Uh, originally, they said it was like a 30-day suspension to where she'll miss the 100 meter, then she'll be able to do the 400 meter. 400 and now she's not going to be performing at all um just real sad you know to find out that she found out about the death of her mother you know that really hit me on the empathetic side um from a reporter you know not even family not a friend not even a close close friend you find out from a reporter that your mother passed like that's devastating so my empathy is with her there um but the thing i do struggle with is um, marijuana being free in so many states, but also knowing that when you have a chance to represent for your people, for your country, 
and you know the rules, don't break, don't break those rules. Because now here's the, here's, the, here's the thing where you had an opportunity to put your mother on the map. And you're going to have to wait another four years to do it. You know, so that's what really, that's, I'm really torn about that. So. Ellie J, how about you? Um, same sentiments. Like when I found out, I was heartbroken and I'm like, I'm not even American, but I was really rooting for her. Uh, she's so like, she's so relatable. She's so, um, her personality, her tenacity, like, I can tell when she runs, she's running for her people. Like, you know what I mean? Like her passion behind, like her black girl magic. Like she's someone where I was really looking forward to see, especially her running against Shelly Ann. You know, mm. I was like, we're going to have two black queens on the track. Ooh. And then um, the, the other amazing sprinter from the UK. Like y'all, I'm getting right now like goosebumps thinking about like how amazing it would have been to see them. And so I was disappointed in the fact that I won't see her. But for as someone myself who have grieved and have lost someone close to me, I've never really grieved or went to something like that. But if you do that, I get it because you are so distraught. And in that time, you're kind of questioning a lot of things. You're questioning your future, your life, your purpose, why you're here. Uh, death can make you really readjust what matters. And I really feel bad for her. Um, her doing what she did, um, you know, she's 21. When I was 21, I made a lot of stupid mistakes as well. So, and, and she owned up to it. Like, she wasn't trying to scurry away and be like, or blame someone. She's like, yeah, it's my bad. And I love that. I like that. I like when people make yep. mistakes and own up because that means that she's going to grow from this mistake. And we, guys, we will see her again. I know she's going to run for uh, the relay. She's going to kill that. Um, she's going to kill it. I just found out today. Oh, she's not going to run it? Committee, yeah, they've denied her request. They denied her. Oh, I, okay. I didn't know that. Right. Oh, so, so that's why I found out because I saw that um, the, I think there's a couple of senators are, are trying to do an inquiry on that committee okay. now. Yeah. yeah. So because they want to figure out why they're doing it. Anyway, either way, we'll see her again. I mean, she could run next year. She could run in other championships. But right. like Emmanuel said, I was also sad about it, about it as well. So she's gonna wait another four years. Four years to do hold the up. Olympics. That's hold this up. is that's, the big thing. That's the verdict right. today. They said four years. Is well, is she has to wait another four years to perform oh, for the Olympics. Olympics. Oh, Olympics, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The next Olympics, right? Yes, and that's yes. one thing with the Olympics. So, um, with the Olympics, the marquee event um, is a hundred meter. You know, like when you think track and field, that's the that's that's the that's the big one. You know, and um, she would have been the story of this Olympics. You know, uh, it's really, it's okay. So it's really sad that, that she has to wait four years, as we're mentioning. Um, I just want to ask real quick about uh, marijuana. Okay, so if you smoke, it, there's no evidence that says you're going to run faster. It's not a, a performance enhancing drug, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm just wondering why is marijuana on this list to begin with um you know she lost her mother as we as we mentioned you know people have different ways of coping and if that in that moment was her way of coping um you know we, we have to be sympathetic to that much like if she went and grabbed the bottle and drank liquor or Absolutely. much as if she whatever whatever she decided she wanted to do um 
but that's just to me when i think of marijuana i just think well why is it on the list to begin with because regardless you don't smoke weed and run faster so that's my only thing with this but it's true she broke the rules so she has to, you know you did the crime you have to do the time um but it's unfortunate one thing is that she has going for her, she's young so yeah. her waiting four years i know in in track it's 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 an eternity it's really a long time to wait but mm-hmm. she's still gonna be in her prime years, I guess, if she's twenty four. She still got Nike. Nike didn't drop her. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> right? So, and for so. him, I just wanted to include that. And this is not a U.S. rule. This is an international rule, right? So even though many of the states are, you know, legalizing marijuana in those other areas and throughout the world, it may not be legalized. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's something to consider too that this is, this is bigger than the United States of America. And, and to That's add cool. to what Emmanuel said, um, I found out from a few athletes um, that played in the NFL and who ran track, a few track coaches mentioned that the reason why they even have it on the list on the international stage is because marijuana can mask uh, the test results for performance enhancement drugs. I didn't know that. So apparently if we take a few uh, things that are banned on that list, marijuana can hide it from uh results and i'm like okay but aren't there like other like newer technology because remember that's probably a bad list from how long it's like there's so much more advanced than medical scientific you know studies i'm just curious to know why is marijuana still masking results you know what i'm saying like it's like a weird thing anyway i just think that whatever can help them find the proper results is probably a very expensive equipment and they probably don't want to invest in it. But I really think they should reassess this. I saw today that everyone's talking about marijuana on the list. Like, why is it on there? Mm-hmm. And they're going to investigate ways to take it off. Because I think it should be taken off, to be honest. Because, you know, mm-hmm. black and brown people have, have had to go to jail for marijuana. All these mm-hmm. things. Like, and we're still getting, right. you know, like, discipline for marijuana, which is growing on, on the grass. So, right. <laughs> it's <just> weird. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, so, in regards to the... Uh, Nambian athletes, they're ineligible also for Tokyo uh, due to high levels of testosterone. And they're teenagers too, by the way. They're they're young. Uh, So with testosterone, we think of uh, Castor Semenya, and we've had this discussion, Nelly J, in the the past in regards to uh, high testosterone, uh, how it affects uh, the shorter distances running to longer distances. these two athletes, they're top women 400-meter runners, and high testosterone levels have uh, forced them uh, to no longer compete at the 400. They can only do the one or 200, the shorter distances. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, and this can literally be something that they ate. You know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. something that they ate. It, it, and it also just could be natural with black women. You know, um, how do you do this when you're allowing – transgenders to perform against wrestle against other women thank you how how do you how do you how do you say that this is a competitive edge so to speak um when you're when you're allowing you know women who've men who've turned into women to compete against women (laughs) in wrestling Mm -hmm. in the olympics these these are things that you know you you really got to come into to, to question. I mean, we can talk about the swimming caps and all these other things that are happening and it's directed towards black and brown people, black and brown hair, and even black and brown natural 
testosterone levels. So <laughs> it, whatever it may be, it's anything to eliminate some of the best black athletes from um, the Olympics. That's the way I see it. I agree. And I really think all these rules are archaic. I don't think those numbers that were tested was tested based on the entire global status. I think they were based on testing on white women. Let's be real. These levels are based on a, a, a higher, like a, a race-based data, right? If I test 20 white women and three black women and say, okay, like, you know what I mean? Like, like I don't think these numbers are accurate for you. And I think with um, the way our diet has changed now, what we consume, um, like pollution, like people's hormone levels go up and down all the time. Especially, like, especially women. Especially right. women. That's why I really feel like uh, this this entire this entire thing, like the Olympics, really have to reassess. They right. have to reassess, and I hope they get more black and brown people on these committees because that com those committees, Google it, y'all, Google them. They got to be investigated. And I'm happy that the that U.S. government, because of Shakari, they're going to be looking into the committee to find out exactly because they did feel that the ruling against Michael Phelps and the one against Shakari, they felt that it wasn't consistent because of what I read today, apparently the Olympics knew about Michael Phelps smoking marijuana prior to the 09 Olympics. I didn't know that. And he still got to perform. I thought, I thought they knew after the fact, but they knew before the fact. And he still got to, to, to do his thing. So, I mean, let's see what happens, y'all. I mean, it's still <laughs> hot topics, but I'm just here. And I, I really hope that we do get some more adjustments on those numbers for, for all women. But the teens, they're running, they're sprinting 100, 200. So I'm just happy that they can at least participate in the Olympics this year and not have to sit out. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm -hmm. And notice that Michael Phelps has been yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's been quiet. Shout out to my man, LeBron James, though, man. Him and Spring Hill, they have really been speaking out about this issue uh, with Shikari. Uh, and they have brought up Michael Phelps, you know, shout out to him, uninterrupted Spring Hill, all of those guys yeah. um, for, for standing up for black athletes. Shout out to them. Nice. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I think let's, uh, let's throw another shout out and uh, head to for the culture. Give him his flowers now. Woo. All right, y'all is for the culture. And we know we like to highlight individuals that are doing amazing things in our culture. And today we get to highlight Mr. Emmanuel Kulu Jr. Uh, Emmanuel is just like y'all. If you see what he has been up to, it's like a legit uh, essay, okay? But I'm gonna break it down a bit shorter, okay? <laughs> so he's an African historian, creator, author of I, Black Pharaoh, Rise to Power. He spent several years researching ancient Africa and spreading awareness of the miseducation of African history. He is also, of course, Cameroon, uh, Cameroonian descent through his father, Emmanuel Kulu Sr. He's the founder of a junk professor of ancient African antiquities at Research Institute of America. He's a community activist, social worker. He also has a very deep passion for music production, writing, history, and the creative arts. And that's just like, y'all, tip of the iceberg. <laughs> so let's give a warm welcome to Mr. Emmanuel Kulu. Hey, right, hey, 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 my brother. Yes, okay. my sister. Hey, <laughs> so you know what? I love the fact that you had a career plan and you just shifted it over. 
right? Yeah. From working as a producer, doing music, having your own label, mm -hmm. and really committing yourself to the African education of, yeah. you know, so, so that shift happened. So why did it happen? And kind of walk us through that. Yeah, you know, I was a, a hip hop producer in the, in the music industry for uh, about 15 years. Um, I've uh, produced, wrote songs for a lot of artists that you may know that I can't uh, disclose for NDAs. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, I, I love the industry. Um, but I built it as with a team effort with my guys, my friends that I grew up with. Um, we had some differences through the record label. We had, you know, death row inspirations, you know, bad boy inspiration, no limit inspirations. Um, but it didn't turn out the way that, uh, that I expected it to. Um, and, you know, I started to dig deeper into my African um, ancestry with my father, you know, uh, as he got sick. I started to think more about the unifying of the, the African diaspora. Even when I was in the music industry, I was always trying to unite. I had a record company called Teflon Entertainment. And if you think about Teflon, it's like tough, it's together, it sticks together, you know what I'm saying? And that was the thing. And this was the same thing I carried over into the African historian um, lane that I got into. So I started to do all my research, studying, started speaking on ancient Africa, and I just fell in love with it. Started traveling back to the motherland, Egypt, Kush, Ethiopia, all of these great, beautiful places, Ghana, uh, Sudan, and just learning our beautiful history, Nigeria, sister, um, <laughs> all of these beautiful places, South Africa, Johannesburg, seeing these, the, the culture that's there that hasn't been taught on the American on American soil about our history so I said to myself me being half African my mother was an educator she was African-American so I'm both so who better than me than to bridge the gap between African-Americans and Africans to bring us together as one diaspora that's interesting because um, as you were speaking, I was thinking about the whole amazing film, The Black Panther, and mm. how it really talked about that, like how the African-American uh, culture and the African culture and how, you know, Killamonger, he was a villain, but we all loved him because we understood his anger, right? Mm -hmm. um, speak on that. Like being of both, um, do you think Africa has neglected African-Americans and do you think African-Americans just hasn't really cared enough to learn about their African uh, ancestry. I think it's both. I think mm -hmm. it's both. Um, and that's why you, we have to build bridges, mm -hmm. you know, and open up that we have over 8,000 years of history. You know, when they talk about black history, they talk about Dr. King, Malcolm X, guys that I loved, Rosa Parks, people that I loved. Absolutely. But that is not the beginning of black history. Not at all. Mm -hmm. Black history started in ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt, ancient Kush, ancient Mali, <laughs> Zululand. I mean, you know, Abyssinia, you know, we can go from North Africa to South Africa. Our history started there. Mm -hmm. And then connecting it with American history, all the black inventors that could not patent their inventions. Most of, the, most of the inventions in the United States came off the blood, sweat and tears of black people. So um, connecting those in even Africa and the discovery of America, Ivan Van Sertma. So we can go on and on. We've been to every part of this continent, of this world, of this universe. We've been everywhere. We've affected everywhere. Every culture 
is we're etched in every single culture around the world and it needs mm -hmm. to be known. That's, a, that's amazing because I was speaking with a few Americans the other day and they didn't know about the black history in Canada. Like, and I was like, like, you know, like the black people in Canada are like um, from America. Like they came up here yeah. and they lived here, but like, they're, they're like your cousins. Like they're, <laughs> they are your brothers and sisters. And, you know, I talked about the colored hockey league, which they didn't know about. I'm like, yeah, I mean, Nova Scotia. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of American, a lot of Americans didn't did even know that hockey has a black history. So I love speaking to black because I really, I really believe that black history is going to really awaken us. Yeah. You know, I think if all you think we were were just enslaved and that was it, like you're missing on the beauty of our culture. So thank you for yeah. doing that. Um, I want to touch on your ancient Egypt because mm -hmm. it's funny. I discovered that as well, mm -hmm. but. The media, ah, oh, the media. Yeah. You know, we look at all the like the Bible, the Bible, like Moses movies, and all, or even like um the movie with I forgot the name, but it's like Ten the, Commandments. Ten Commandments, but there's one with like um the Egyptian gods, like they were fighting, and there were you gods know all Egypt, white people, yeah. yeah, gods of Egypt, and it's like they're always making Egyptians look like you know Irish, <laughs> Irish right. and European, and so. When did you learn about Egyptians being black and how did you discover that? Was it through your travels or just from like researching? Like, like, like how did that happen? Well, when I was a young kid, my father and I, um, we were, we were, I think I was in fourth grade and we decided to do a project about a historical person. So we created this sculpture and my father wanted to do Egypt. So I said, yeah, let's do King Tut. We did King Tut. We got a, we grabbed a, a mannequin of, of a head and we made sure we put some clay on it, made sure we used brown clay, <laughs> make sure he looked <laughs> black African. I took it to school and the teacher gave me a B minus. And I had the best project in there. No one was had it was, was as creative. I ain't took my own horn here. I had the best product in there. Mm -hmm. um, and you can tell we took our time with it compared to the others. But she gave me a B minus because she said it was historically inaccurate. And what she was talking about was this color of his skin. And I watched my father argue with my teacher at the end because he was expecting me to get uh, A plus. And it just didn't happen that way. And the whole ride home, he talked about, don't let anyone tell you about your African history. Mm -hmm. And he always educated me on ancient Egypt being the monarch of civilization. And this is why um, Egyptology, quote unquote, Egyptology, had to separate Egypt from Africa because mm -hmm. Egyptology started from the perspective of biblical studies. Mm -hmm. So if you connect the Bible to the Egyptians, you're talking about Joseph, you're talking about Moses, you know, Moses had a Cushite wife, Joseph had an Egyptian wife. Mm -hmm. So what does that say that their children look like? <laughs> okay so so if you were so you see why egyptology had to separate egypt from africa in order okay. to promote white superiority mm. otherwise it wouldn't have worked so this is why this deception has continued to go um so that's when i learned i learned that as a young kid and um i've always claimed that as a part of black history and i found myself always educating our people on it and educating other people on it too. But I've, I've, I've fought some battles on it, sister. Fought some battles. <laughs> I have too. I know some, I have for sure. Got caused some racist names. You can't say stuff like this in Egypt right. because it's, it's, a, it's an Arab state. 
And if you go around saying the pharaohs were black, even though if you walk into the museum, you can see they're clearly black. They were clearly mm. black people. Yeah. <laughs> but if you say that out there, like that's like forbidden. Yeah. Well, so I want to ask about the uh, the underground lounge show mm -hmm. that uh, IBP Media Group mm -hmm. is worldwide is actually putting on. Yeah. Um, if you can speak to that, because uh, it deals with musicians around the world looking for exposure, mm -hmm. and you're creating your you're using your brand as a platform for them to get the exposure. Yeah. Uh, if you want to speak about the underground lounge, underground lounge show, please. Yeah. Shout out to the underground lounge hosted by my man, the Joker, um, African American brother who's been in the music industry as well. Um, you know, he was with signed with Sony Records. Did a lot of big things. Was my manager at one point when I was in the music industry. Um, just we really want to highlight all music. When we're talking about IBP Media, it's international broadcasting program. We want to highlight culture. We don't just want to highlight hip-hop. We want to highlight K-pop. We want to highlight rock. We want to highlight anything that affects the culture. You know, yeah. dance hall, Afrobeat. We want to highlight all of that. So um, artists looking to get out there and get exposed, please feel free to submit your music to IBP Media uh, Group at Gmail. And uh, we'll, we'll help get you out there. You know, you're working with guys who've been in the music industry, who understand what it takes. And we're focusing on unsigned artists. You want to give the unsigned artists a platform. Obviously, they have to be unsigned artists that are grinding. Got to be on your grind. <laughs> right. Don't just say, you know, you just, yeah, just, your music got to be quality. Got to be radio friendly. Um, you have to have been doing things. Got to have a bio. Got to be professional. Um, but yeah, we have the Underground Lounge. We have the culture show where we discuss uh, black history. We have the fan cave sports talk, which we do what you guys do here, where we talk about sports and the latest sports drama, such <laughs> as, you know, what we just discussed with Rachel Nichols and all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, we have the journey begins with sister Charlotte, where she speaks about mental health, something that's not talked about in the black mm -hmm. community. Yeah. So we're a multi, we're a multi-platform uh, podcast channel. Um, and our true goal is to go transform into television by next year. So nice. Uh, I, I see the vision. One thing on the, on the way out of this, uh, since you're into producing, give me your best, your favorite producer of all time. Oh, I grew up on Dr. Dre, man. Uh, I Dre. grew up on okay. Dr. Dre. I Dre. love okay. Dr. Dre, man. I Emmanuel love... is showing his age today, y'all. He's showing oh. his age. But, but. <laughs> But I'm just teasing you. <laughs> I must say, the greatest musician ever is Prince. Mm -hmm. I gotta say that. Yeah. Can play right. every instrument. This dude can play mm -hmm. every instrument. Speak on it. And Prince also had the vision on the business end, also. Yes. yes. Owning your master. So, I feel you. I feel you. Everyone. I used to argue with people because I, I, like I said, brothers and sisters, I love Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. But I always say Michael Jackson was the best performer. Prince was the best musician. Ooh, I can't argue that. Yeah. I can't argue that. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to promote your, your novel. We promote it again later, but I want to promote your novel. It is out now. Mm -hmm. I, Black Pharaoh, Rise to Power. It, was it based on true events as well, I assume? Yes. That, that is the first one. The newest one that's out now. It's I, Black Pharaoh, Golden Age of Triumph. Um, it's based on the life of Hap Shetsu and um, Tup Moses III. 
Um, okay. When I came up with this concept, Hapshetsu is a black African woman who ruled the world. Because when I say the world, Egypt was the monarch of civilization at that time. So everybody came to Egypt at that time. So this was a black woman who was ruling the entire world um, for 20 years. Now we hear about Egypt. We always hear about Cleopatra. We hear about mm -hmm. the mystery of Nefertiti. We don't really get to hear about Hatshepsut. Like so. She was a powerful ruler, powerful ruler. And Tutmosis was like a, a conqueror who followed after her. He was a conqueror pharaoh. So, Okay, I want to ask mm -hmm. real quick. I want to ask this real quick. Hap, what's her name? I'm going to be honest. haven't heard of her before. What's her name? Hepshetsu. Hepshetsu. Okay, and where is she from? She's from Egypt, Kemet. Egypt. Yeah, Kemet. You. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll be sure to look that up. Yeah, so y'all, we're going to have the links to how you can buy his books. They're on Amazon or? Yeah, they're on okay. Amazon. Amazon. So we'll have links so you can buy his books, y'all. I love supporting black authors. I'm going to buy a couple. I love to read, and I'm a history buff. So I'm going to buy your books for sure right. um, because my friends are like, you're always talking about black history. I'm like, yeah, because I'm obsessed with it. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. <laughs> I'm obsessed, okay? I love It's a way people. to be empowered. It's a I way to be empowered. people. As, as the Sankofa birds say, to know where you're going, you got you know, you to look back. Yeah. You got to look back, right. you know? <laughs> well, thank you, Manuel. You're for the culture this week. We're so happy that we have to highlight you. You dropped so much gems, y'all. Hope y'all took mm -hmm. some notes. Hope y'all right. took some notes. But he. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go to our last one, which is that's absurd. That's absurd, Fahim, bro. What was absurd this week? What was absurd? So, Leangelo Ball. <laughs> so. Ball, 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 ball. <laughs> ball, ball, ball. So, Leangelo Ball, um, he had made a comment, which is kind of interesting. He says that he feels that his Chino Hills stuff got overlooked. Absurd. Now, uh, reason, reason being is this. Um, Chino Hills, is that a high school? That's his high, that's his high school team he played for. There was uh, Leangelo, Lonzo, and LaMelo all played on this high school team, number one high school team in the nation at the time. Uh, Leangelo was actually leading the team in scoring. He was averaging 30 points a game, while La, uh, Lonzo was averaging like 25. Uh, LaMelo was averaging like 20. Like it was clearly, he was the scorer on the team. Um, he ended up being a three-star recruit instead of a five-star recruit. He ended up playing, at that time, he played against uh, uh, Bam Adebayo, um, RJ Barrett. Like, he played about against some big names who ended up being five-star recruits. The mm -hmm. um, reason why I'm going with Absurd is, if he was in a league and he said this, it might feel a little different, but he's not in a league and he's looking for employment. And for you to speak that you feel that your high school uh, achievements are holding you back or being overlooked. Like, I just don't see what your high school achievements have anything to do with the present of why you can't be in the league. So that's why I'm going with absurd. Emmanuel, your thoughts on this? I 100% agree with Fahim. <laughs> you know, you, at the end of the day, that should have got you to the league. You know, right. you know it, it, <sighs> my ball brothers, my ball brothers. I love y'all though, man. Shout out to shout out to LeVar, man. You know, oh, you, for sure. you did your thing. You got your boys out there, you know, but you know, yeah. Hopefully Angelo could get into the league, get on somebody's roster somewhere soon. But um 
nah, you can't, you can't use that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't use that, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is a all three absurd, y'all. It's a swipe. It's right tree. Um, <laughs> yeah, Leangelo, like, I, I feel bad, right? Because you know, I'm a middle child. Right. He's, he's, he's middle, right? Or is he older? Yeah, he's, he's the middle child, one, right? right? I'm a middle child. So I get how sometimes the older gets a lot of love, the baby gets love. When you're in the middle, you're kind of left out sometimes. And now that his younger brother won Rookie of the Year, Lonzo has been doing his thing, and he's still at home. It must be eating at him. So I do want to see him excel. I'm hoping that he's working out as much as he's chatting pawn line, okay? Because Actually, he is. He's working out with LaMelo, I've just seen. So yeah, so I'm, he's staying exactly. ready and active. Yeah, so for me, that's what I care about. Like, mm. talk all you want, but just be ready because I, I think in the NBA, especially this year with all the injuries, his time might come up. <laughs> it mm. might happen, you know what I'm saying? So stay ready, Leangelo. Hopefully you make it. And again, the Ball brothers, y'all are doing your thing. Kalonzo might go back to the Lakers this year. Who knows? He might, he might go back. I'm just saying, y'all. Putting it out there. <laughs> Out there. <laughs> we need shooters. <laughs> ooh, we ooh, need up. shooters. Yes, you're a Laker fan. We need shooters. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. So on the way out, do you think uh Lamel uh sorry Leangelo, do you think his NBA dreams are done or do you think he eventually can pick up somewhere? I think he'll pick up. You I think, think so? He'll pick up. Yeah, with just just like um, Sister Janelle said, you know, the injuries um have put a lot of players gonna be kind of like on IR for a while, right, recovering. Right. Uh, he'll probably get an opportunity. And then let, think about last year's college. Oh, my God. It was mm -hmm. terrible. The players that were coming out, none of them were like big-time <laughs> superstars. I think Leangelo is better than all of them. So he should fair. definitely get a Ooh, shot. He should definitely fair. get a True. shot. I definitely yeah. – I think he will get a shot. Uh, now, remember, he was actually at the end of Detroit's bench. He played for the Pistons. Well – he was on the Pistons roster for maybe a few weeks, and he got dropped. Um, but you make a good point with injuries and maybe the quality of play he may. But if I had to, if I, you know, I'm not a betting man, but if I had to bet, if he does get that shot, I think it's Detroit repeated. I think I just don't really? think he's going to stick on a roster. But I mean, we can hope. We can hope. And I'll, one, other, one last thing I want to say. So with LaMelo being the franchise guy in Charlotte, and you know how it is when you're a franchise guy a la Giannis. Yo, you're a franchise I, guy. At the same you, point for him. Yeah, you, you, know, you have that pull to say, you know what, my brother, in this case, Giannis, you know, he may not be, but he's good. And, you know, I think maybe Melo can, Is he good? Like, is he good, though? Like, is his brother's actually good? Let's be real. I feel like Lakers got the other brother to try to get Giannis to L.A. Manuel, you're yeah. a Laker fan. No, right, but right. we'll talk. But, but right. you're right, Fahim. I really think if his brother can become a big, a big, a big man, you know? Right. He can get it. Manuel, are you riding or? Jordan, do it. Michael, Jordan, you can't get nobody to come to Charlotte right now. You had to overpay Gordon Hayward to get there. <laughs> Bro, listen, do it. Pull the trigger. Get there, you know, he probably don't want to deal with LeVar like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Too many balls on one team, right? <laughs> ball, ball, ball. But you know what? I really think out of all the brothers, LaMelo can be that one right. to help his brother get into the league or mm. at least sell him to a coach. Remember, like, he'll be in spaces that he won't be in. So right. people are making deals underground in these types of events. So you never know. Mm -hmm. It'll be legendary mm -hmm. if Jordan pulled the trigger. 
If Jordan, <laughs> if Jordan gave him a shot, it would be legendary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think he should because, like, you, you just can't. He cannot get anyone to come to Charlotte. He right. can't. Yeah. Got to take a chance somewhere. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So let's put this episode in the books. Woohoo, y'all. That was episode 47. 47. <laughs> so, guys, so first of all, Emmanuel, again, thank you for coming to the podcast. But before you graciously leave for, for, for the evening, we love to give our guests a chance to do a shout out. So, the floor mm -hmm. is yours. <laughs> shout out to the whole IBP team. Shout out to my wife, Winter. Ooh who uh, threw a big IBP um, party for me last uh, Saturday Ooh, um, nice. and all the family who, who could be there, they were there, uh, showed yes. up on zoom. Uh, shout out to you guys for believing in something bigger because media really is a powerful tool. And I think more black creators like yourself and Fahim that you guys are doing, continue doing it because we need more black podcasters, more black people in media to change the narrative. So shout out to my team. Nice. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you, Emmanuel. I want to shout you out. Quite simple. I'm going to buy your books. I'm going to be like, Emmanuel, this chapter. You'd be like, Nelly, like, stop messaging me. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up anytime. I'm getting a lot of those right now. And I'm loving it. I'm oh, loving okay, it. Okay. Well, I'm happy because I'm going to be harassing you. So I'm letting you know. Um, yeah. Also, so shout you out. I want to shout out just all the black athletes that made the Canadian Olympic team, the American team, any team really, because you know, you're going to compete on the highest level. Uh, Tokyo isn't letting you protest on the ceremony, but make sure you protest regardless somewhere in between because, you know, um, what's happening to black people in Africa, in, in, in sorry, in China, in Asia right now is not okay. So hopefully y'all can bring light to those injustices as well. So, Fahim. All right. My shout out's going to be quick, uh, Manuel. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, thank you for the jewels that you dropped and for the culture because you gave me a little bit of research there. You know, um, I'm always up on game and uh, you dropped one that I had no idea. So it's each one teach one. So thank you. Um, and hopefully we can get you back in the future sometime. All yeah. right. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime, guys. Love nice. to be here. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So. That was episode 47, guys. That's right. That's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> so if you had a great time, if you learned, if you were inspired, if you feel motivated, y'all, all we ask that you do is subscribe, get alerts, and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Fahim. That's right. You know where to find us. We're, we're out there for you. Tell a friend to tell a friend, and we'll keep this moving. That's episode 47, Good Rookies Podcast, and we out. Peace. Peace.